Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Get out. Good afternoon to everyone that is watching. Good afternoon. Good to see y'all on here. Dang, I just got this little piece right here that is refusing to do what I want it to do. My little bun won't act right, but I'm guilt, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm wanting you all to tune in for it now so we can go before the Lord. So we can go before the Lord. We can go before the Lord. I'm giving you all an opportunity to come in. Um, we're getting ready. As you can see, this is the series. Don't allow your continence to change your confidence. Amen. And so I'm going to give everybody an opportunity to come in. Um, it's 12.05. So at 12.10, I'm going to go ahead and get started right at 12.10. So I ask that you will get your Bibles, your pens, your notebooks. And everything that you need, go ahead and get it. Go ahead and get everything that you need. Your pen, your notebook, your tablets to take notes. Come on. Come on. In the woods. Come on. In the woods. Y'all come on in the room. Come on, come on, come on.
We got two more minutes. Will y'all come in and say good afternoon to me? Will y'all come in and say good afternoon to me, to me, to me, to me? Can y'all say hello? Can y'all say hello? Can y'all say hello to me? All right, we're getting ready to get started. I need you all, I need to put in here, Job. I was gonna play some music, but um, I didn't feel it like I did the other day. So, um, we, are on Job chapter 1, verse 10. Okay? Okay. So, all right, moving forward. We're on Job chapter 1, um, and I'm at the verse, verse 10. And um, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I would suggest that you would go back on yesterday and watch um, the purpose, the point, the plan that God has for this series. Don't allow your confidence to change your confidence. Amen. And so Job was a man of integrity. Job was an upright man in all the land. Um, and we're going to go ahead and finish reading how Job was a blessed upright man and how Job allowed, and it's not so much that he wanted it, but it, but when it was placed on him, he decided to make the right decision and just to sit still and not curse God. And I talked about a little bit on yesterday, how we allow um, the things of the world, we allow um, the things that goes on in our homes, we allow the things that goes on in our children. We allow the things that go on in our grandchildren, friends, leadership, leaders, um, the whole nine. We allow so much stuff, so much chaos, so much adversity to consume us, to overwhelm us, to hurt us, to betray us, to take us through trial and tribulation. Um, and some of us, we do. 90% of this world, we do allow these things to affect but Paul said, 
to Jesus, will you remove this thorn from out of my flesh? And he asked him three times. And Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. And when you become weak, I'll make you strong, right? And so a lot of times things don't change because we're refusing to become weak. We're refusing to be humble. We're refusing to give up the wrong, give up the right to be wrong. We're refusing to um, allowing things to be what it is instead of taking matters into our own hands. We're allowing the the death. We're allowing the um, the destruction. We're allowing the wars. We're allowing the separations. We're allowing the uh, set aparts. We're allowing so much that's happening around us to affect us. But I'm here to let someone know that because you do have confidence, because you do have strength. I put on my page earlier this morning for all the women um, to realize that you weren't built to be broken. Oh, my God. I need you all to understand that you weren't built to be broken. You were built to be to remain strong. You were built. You were built to remain steadfast and unmovable. You were built to remain in a place. You were built to remain in a position. You were built to remain in God's plan. You were built in the creation of God. You were built right by God. You were built to do things right. You were built to be right. You were built the way that God created you, right? But what happens is we're born into sin and we're born into sin, whatever we're born into, that's going to be our surrounding. That's going to be our environment. That's going to be our atmosphere. But you don't have to stay in that atmosphere. You don't have to stay in that environment. You don't have to stay in that surrounding. And if you don't have a choice but to stay in those places, then you can make a conscious decision because of your confidence to not to be what your situation is. So that your confidence may change, your continence may change, your continence may change, but your confidence will remain the same. Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I feel this thing in my spirit. I feel this thing in my bones because what you have to understand is, can these bones live? Yes. When God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? Yes. They can, but even though he said, God, you know, but God wants you all to know on today that your bones can live, that your lives can live, that your situations can live, that you that, that your circumstances can live, that your health can live, that your character can live, that your integrity can live. Anything concerning you, it can live, but will you speak life to it? Or will you allow it to remain dead? And because if God wants it to be dead, it will stay dead. But if it's something that we've done within ourselves, then we can speak life to it and bring it to life. If your marriage is dead, you can speak life to it. But if you don't want your marriage to live, don't speak life into it. it, it eventually, it will just die and fade away. Because what you don't water dies. Oh, I need y'all to catch that. What you don't water dies. What you don't water dies. So it's it's in your planting season. It's in your sowing season. It's in your weeping season. It's in your reaping season. And I believe that before this year is out, there are some things that you need to water. 
There are some things that you need to plant. There are some things that you need to sow before this year is out. Don't wait for 2023. Who's to say that 2023 is going to come in? Who's to say that we're going to see tomorrow? Don't wait to plant. Don't wait to sow. Don't wait to change. Don't wait to shift. Don't wait for your confidence to change. Don't wait for your confidence to change. You, it can change now. It can change in a, in a split air second. It can change in this very hour. When the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she was made whole at that moment because Jesus said, who touched me? She didn't say anything at first, but when he asked again, who touched me? She said, I did. He said, I know, because I felt the virtue leave my body. Your faith has made you whole. Where is your faith? Where is your confidence? Is it being drowned by the continents of your appearance? Lord, help me, Jesus. So, Lord God, I thank you on today, and I bless you, and I glorify you, Lord. God, I, I, I want to continue to serve you. I want to continue to to please you. I want to continue to give what thus saith the Lord. I want to continue to obey your word. I want to be whom you call to be. I want to be whom you've chosen me to be. Lord, I want to thank you in advance for what you have done and what you're going to do. So God, I thank you even right now. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be a step unto thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Devil, I know that where I am is where I'm supposed to be because you rising up more and more, but you will no longer be entertained. I will no longer feed you. I will no longer give you, but I will give you the word of God. I will give you grace. I will give you mercy. I will give you love. I will give you compassion. I will give you understanding. I will give you I will give you everything that you need is good, even though you may not receive it. And it's okay. So Satan on today, I rebuke you. I rebuke everything concerning you. I rebuke you and your imps. I rebuke your kingdom. I rebuke everything concerning you. I rebuke your negativity. I rebuke your chaos and confusion. I rebuke you in the mighty name of Jesus. By the power of the blood of Jesus, the blood of the lamb still, still, still overpowers you in the mighty name of Jesus. Satan, I put the word on you. The word says that I can resist you and you will flee from me. So therefore, I will no longer allow you to play with my thoughts. I will no longer allow you to play with my mind. I will no longer allow you to play with my heart. I will no longer allow you to play with my vision. I will no longer allow you to play with my words. I will no longer allow you to play with my hands. I will no longer to I will no longer allow you to play with any five senses in my mind, in my body, in my spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus. You are rebuked. There's nothing that you can do that will hinder anything. You will no longer be a stumbling block. You will no longer be here. You will no longer be there in the mighty name of Jesus. Satan, your kingdom is falling down. Satan, your kingdom will continually to fall down because all we need is two to three witnesses to come together in an agreement. No weapon that is formed against me, no weapon that is formed against God's people, no weapon that is formed shall prosper in the mighty name of Jesus. And every 
thing that you say shall be condemned in the mighty name of Jesus. So God, I thank you on today for giving me the power and the authority to speak to the enemy, to speak to that devil, to speak to that serpent and have no fear in my heart, no fear in my thoughts, no fear in my words, no fear in my house, because Lord, I know that you will protect me. Lord, I know that you will provide everything I need concerning this world and the place that I am in today. So God, I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. God, I thank you for everything that you've, that you've done at this very moment. Lord God, look on those that are watching. Look on those that are watching publicly and look on those who are watching privately, Lord God, that you will encourage their hearts, their minds, and their spirit. You will uplift them, Lord God. God, bring conviction for correction. Bring correction for conviction in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, I thank you for their life, their health, and their strength. Lord God, I thank you for everything concerning them. Lord God, I thank you for my trials and my tribulations. God, I thank you for my enemies and my strangers. God, I thank you for those who hate me and i bless you lord god for those who love me in the mighty name of jesus lord god i thank you because as i decrease you will increase in the mighty name of jesus lord god i know that one man plants and another man waters but god you give the increase in the mighty name of jesus so god i thank you and i love you and i bless your name on today your jehovah jiva your jehovah nisi your oh my god your shalom and i thank you god for being everything concerning this world because you are the beginning and the end. You are the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And for that, God, I thank you. Thank you for being a banner. Thank you for being strength. Thank you for being El Shaddai. Thank you, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, I ask that you will continue to surround me with your love. Continue to surround me with your word. Continue to keep the hedge of protection around me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Lord God, I thank you for my husband on today, Lord God, that you will continue to bless him, Lord God, and that you will continue to give him vision, Lord God, and you will continue to let him know that where he is is where he's at, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, that you will continue to allow us to be on one accord, to stand in unity, Lord God, to move in your might, to move in your power in the mighty name of Jesus, that we will continue to do your work together in Jesus' name, that we will continue to stand together in Jesus' name, that we will continue to move together in Jesus' name. So God, I thank you on today. I thank you for Job, Lord God, for showing us that no matter what we go through, no matter what is happening around us, that you're still God. And we don't need to just please you for the good, but please you for the bad as well. So if it's the good, the bad, and the ugly, Lord God, I still serve you, and I still say thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. So God, I thank you for your love once again, and I thank you for your love drawing me. I thank you for your love drawing me. Lord God, look on those that are hurting. Look on those who have lost a son. Look on those who have lost a daughter. Look on those who have lost a mother and a father. Look on those who have lost a sibling. Look on those who have lost a family member.
or a friend. Look on those, Lord, who have just lost something, Lord God, or lost someone, Lord God. And I pray that you will encourage their heart. I pray that you will encourage their mind. I pray that you will wipe every tear, Lord God. I pray that you will comfort their heart, God. I pray that you will continue to create in them a clean heart and renew the right spirit within them, Lord God, so that they won't continually to be angry. They won't continually to be bitter. They won't continually to be sad and upset, Lord God, but you will restore their joy. You will restore their happiness, Lord God. You will restore everything concerning them, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Look on our children of this world, Lord God, because they are so disobedient, Lord God, and they're trying to live this life as if they have all the time in the world. But Lord God, I ask you to, in particularly, that you look on my nephew, Lord God, that you will be a mind regulator and a heart fixer, Lord God, that you will heal his body from these wounds, Lord God, that you will heal his body from depression, Lord God, that you will heal everything concerning him, Lord God, and even in spite of, Lord God, you will in his mother, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, I pray a special prayer for my grandchildren, Lord God, that you will keep them and that you will cover them, Lord God, and you will pave the way for them, Lord God, and that you will look on Tamara, Lord God, and that you will bless her going in and coming out. You will give her direction, Lord God. You will show her clarity and where she needs to go and what she needs to do and the path that she needs to take, not just for herself, but for her children, God. God, thank you, Jesus. Lord, help me, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you will continue to cover those children, that you will continue, Lord God, to cover those children, that you will continually, Lord God, cover those children right now, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Our children are hurting. Our children are going through, Lord God. And God, I ask you on today that you will go ahead and look over on Jacob, Lord God, for his surgery is in the morning. And Lord God, I ask you to, to guide the doctors, to guide the hands, Lord God, that you will guide in every area of his life, Lord God. And there will be no complications, Lord God, and no setbacks, Lord God, that you will show our God, that you will cover him with the protecting angels, Lord God, all around him and the doctors, God. So God, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Oh God, I thank you. I thank you, Lord God, for choosing me. I thank you for calling me. I thank you for gifting me, Lord God. And I thank you for the word that you have given to me, Lord God. And I thank you for change, God. I thank you for direction, Lord God. I thank you, God, that you will continue to use me boldly for your kingdom boldly for your glory, boldly for your for your children, for your sons and your daughters, Lord God, that you will continue to allow me to see things that I see, that you will continue to allow me to dream things that I dream, that you will continue to speak to my heart, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, forgive me of any sin that I might have done that, I don't, that I'm not aware of, and forgive me for the sins that I might have done that I am aware of, Lord God. Continue to forgive me, continue to cleanse me, continue to clean me up, Lord God. Continue to use me as your vessel, God. 
as your willing vessel, Lord God, continue to use me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to be acceptable unto thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And Lord God, I just thank you for my life, my health, and my strength, and that you will continue to cover me and keep me and lead me and guide me. And Lord God, I still believe the promises of your word. I still believe the promises that you've given to me, that you've shown me, Lord God, because I know that they're coming to pass. And so, God, I thank you, Lord God. I ask you right now, God, that Karen is asking for prayer on today, Lord God. And I ask you right now, Lord God, that you will continue to bless her, God, that you will continue to move mightily on her behalf, Lord God. You know the need, Lord God. You know the need, Lord God. You know the need, Lord God. And you know the desire of her heart. Oh, my God. So, God, I ask you on today that you will look on that need, Lord God, and you'll be the provider, Lord God, and you'll open up the way, Lord God, and you'll show her direction, Lord God. You'll give her clarity, Lord God. And, God, we just thank you even right now for her life and her health and her strength, Lord God. So, whatever it is, Lord God, whether it's a doctor's report, Lord God, whether it's a, whether it's a contract, Lord God, whatever it is, Lord God, whether it's relationship, Lord God, her children or grandchildren, Lord God, I ask you right now, God, that you'll bring it all into an alignment, that you will shift things together, that you will bring things back into the way that they used to be, Lord God, but in a better form, in a better shape, in a better way, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, continue to give her the, oh God, continue to allow her to use those gifts that you are giving to her, Lord God. Remove the fear and increase her faith, God in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, we thank you. Oh God, we thank you even right now, Lord God, because there is a decision. There is a decision, but in that decision, God's going to give you peace. God's going to give you peace and he's going to give you comfort. You're still going to be weary about it, but you got to trust God. You got to trust God and know that this thing is going to turn It's going to turn around. It's going to turn around and it's going to work out. It's going to work itself out. It's going to work itself out. Be patient. Be patient. Stand still. Don't, don't be weary. Don't worry. Everything is going to be all right. You, you've been asking for a, 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 a bigger vision a bigger vision to be able to see, to discern. And I, and I, and I pray that prayer with you so that, that God will continue to increase that spirit of discernment so that you, you, that you will know that you know that you know that you know there will be no doubt. There will be no doubt. So God, we thank you. We love, we bless your name. Continue to touch Karen in such a mighty way, Lord God. Go into her household, change some things around, Lord God. Work some things out, Lord God. Hallelujah. Ah, God, yes, God. Increases in her finances, Lord God. Increases in her finances, Lord God. Show her how to manage. Show her how to balance, Lord God. Show her how to bring it all together and bring it into order, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, we thank you in advance. We thank you in advance. We thank you in advance. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name, we pray, I pray, and we all say amen. Amen, amen. Okay, we're moving into Job, and we're on chapter 1, verse 10, and it reads, Has not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side that has blessed the work of his hands and his substance? 
is increased in the land, but put forth thy hand now and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And in layman terms, Satan and God was having a conversation about Job. Amen. Satan and God was having a conversation about Job. There's a couple of times that I've read in the Bible that wherever people started to gather around, here comes Satan also being in the midst. And what you have to understand is you have to have enough discernment. You have to have enough wisdom. You have to have enough knowledge to know that anytime something good is about to happen, Satan is always present. Satan comes to steal your dreams. Satan comes to destroy your life. Satan comes to kill everything concerning you. He doesn't want nothing or no one to help you. He don't want nothing or no one to support you. He don't want nothing and no one to connect to you. He will try everything in his power to get you uprooted from where God has rooted you. And you have to have enough wisdom. You have to have enough faith that no matter what is going on in your life, you can stand on the word of God. You know, Proverbs chapter one and seven, Proverbs chapter one and seven says this. Let me read this to you all because I do believe that this is gonna make sense to some of you. Proverbs chapter one, and let me just start, let me just read one through seven. Let me just read Proverbs, and I want to go ahead, and I want to write that in there, because I try my best to give the give y'all these scriptures as I, as I read them, so that y'all can always go back and read them for yourselves. Don't ever take my word for it. Read it for yourself. If I give you a scripture, if I say I can back it up with scripture, Go to the word of God and read it for yourself. If you still don't have a better understanding, you can always inbox me and we can talk about it. Because see, a lot of times we are praying what you tell us what you need prayer for. But other times when you hear the prophetic word of, of God, because this is the book of prophecy, then as we're praying for you, the Holy Spirit will begin to intervene. The Holy Spirit will begin to intercept. The Holy Spirit will begin to speak and the Holy Spirit will begin to show us what it is that we need to pray for. Amen. But you need wisdom. You need knowledge. You need understanding. Proverbs chapter one, one through seven says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of Daniel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give, sub, to give subtle, to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. When I, when I, on Sunday, I talked to you all about David. Help me, Holy Ghost. I talked to you all about, uh, not David, Daniel. Daniel chapter two, you can always go back and read it. But I talked about how Daniel said I needed to use wisdom 
and discretion. And right here, it says in Proverbs 1 and 4, thank you, Holy Spirit, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity to give subtle to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Discretion means wisdom. Listen, thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Discretion means discernment. Listen. Then my notes, here we go. Discretion means discernment. Discretion means an individual choice. Discretion, discretion is a noun. And we know that a noun is a person, place, or thing. So discretion is an individual choice or an individual judgment, meaning left the decision to his discretion. It means that I'm going to use wisdom in discretion. That means I'm going to make this decision wisely. I'm going to make sure before I make a decision, before I buy a car, before I buy a house, before I have a child, before I get married, I'm going to make sure that I use the discretion, meaning the quality of having or showing discernment or good judgment. And a lot of times you'll hear people say, I knew that was wrong, or I knew I should have done that. Oh, I knew I should have bought that TV when I had a chance. When you have good judgment, when you have good wisdom, when you have good knowledge by the Lord, sometimes you can't go wrong. But a lot of times we doubt ourselves. Listen, so verse five says in Proverbs one and five, a wise man will hear and will increase learning and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. Now, listen, I said to my daughter, my oldest daughter earlier, I said, um, and I was going to put it on my page because I said it to her and it was a, it was good saying. I said, people want you to hear them but they won't listen. There is such a difference. You want to be heard, but you don't want to listen. So, because there is a difference. We all want to be heard. People in depression, they want to be heard. People that uh, are suicidal, they want to be heard. People that are going through mentally and emotionally, they want to be heard, but in reality, there's nothing wrong in wanting to be heard, but you have to put yourself in a position to hear and listen because it's in the hearing and it's in the listening that wisdom is coming. Knowledge is coming. And she said, and she said to me, she said, it's your truth. She said, it's your truth. And I said, it's not my truth. It's factual. It's reality. It's the truth all the way around. Anytime that you're wanting to learn something, you got to be willing to be taught. Anytime you want to come out of something, you got to want to come out. That's reality. That's not just truth. It's not my truth. It's the truth. And I said to her, and I said, and the truth shall make you free. 
So the question is, do you want to be free? And when you want to be free, you're going to have wisdom and you're going to use discretion. But what does that mean? I'm going to have good judgment concerning my circumstances. Oh, I need y'all to catch this. Verse six says, to understand a proverb and the interpretations, the words of the wise and their dark sayings, right? Listen to verse six, to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their saying, then here's the thing. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So when we look at Job, thank you, Holy Spirit. For Proverbs uh, 1, 1 through 7. So we're looking at Job and we're looking at um, the verse that I stopped at at 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only upon himself put not forth your hands. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. So did you hear that? The Lord said unto Satan. Okay, here you go. All that he has is in your hands. So what all did Job had? Job had children. Job had money. Job had land. Job had livestock. Job had a home. So, so, so God told Satan, all that Job has, I... I I give you the power to take it from him. So 13 says, and there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yeah, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell you. Somebody need to say, there will always be a witness. There will always be a witness. There will always be a witness whether someone is giving something or whether somebody is taking something, there will always be a witness. There will always be that one that will come and say, listen, I was at this place and I watched all these things take place. And I'm, I have been left alone to come and tell you. I was left alive to come and tell you. I was the only one in the house to come and tell you what has taken place what had been done. Lord, help me, Jesus. Verse 16 says, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the fire of God is fallen from heaven and has burnt up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell you, that's twice. 
listen, here's what you have to understand. Cause I'm gonna stop right there for a second because Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. Where you can read that in John 10 and 10, for those of you who need to know, God places a hedge of protection around his people to shield them from Satan's attacks. The hedge is like a spiritual wall of fire surrounding God's faithful so that Satan cannot harm them. For I, said the Lord, will be unto her, talking about Jerusalem, help me, Holy Spirit, a wall of fire found about. All believers who are faithfully endeavoring to love God and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit have a right to ask and expect God to place this wall of protection around them and their families. I need somebody to say, Lord, don't remove your hedge of fire from around me and my family. Lord, have mercy. Lord, don't remove the hedge of fire from me and my family. That's supposed to be a big L. Sorry, you guys. I was happy too fast. Lord, don't remove the hedge of fire from around my, from around, from around me and my family. There we go. There we go. Lord, don't remove the hedge of fire from around me and my family. Some of us need to keep the hedge of protection around us. We need to ask God, but you just heard it. All believers has a right to ask God to keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger, seen and unseen. What we have to understand is in verse 11, where Satan says, put, but put forth your hand now and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. Listen, what we have to understand is, and I just read to you verses 6 to 12, because now I'm on 17. But listen to this. The primary questions of the book are proposed. Is it possible for God's people to love and serve him because of who he because of who he is and not just for his gifts can the righteous maintain their faith in and love for God in the midst of unexplainable tragedy and undeserved suffering how many times have you heard somebody say i don't deserve this I don't deserve to be treated this way. I don't deserve to go through such suffering. I don't deserve to be hated. I don't deserve not to be loved. I don't deserve um, not to be liked. I don't deserve the treatment that I'm receiving when I've been so good to everybody else. I don't deserve to be in this place. I don't deserve to be in that place. I don't deserve this and I don't deserve that. And why I gotta do this and why I gotta do that and why I gotta go and why this gotta happen to me. What do you mean? 
That's how we cursing God to his face. When we say God is helping everybody else but me. God is doing everything over there but, but here. God is providing for them and not providing for me. You're cursing God. Literally. You're rejecting God. Because you expect God just to show you grace and mercy. But you don't want God to show you uh, uh, judgment and 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 um, judgment and condemnation. Now he doesn't. Now the world is already condemned at Scripture. And and, and let us let, let me go there. And, and John chapter chapter three. Listen, John chapter three. Listen to this. John three and seventeen. Well, let me just let me just go let me just go ahead and go to John three sixteen. Let me, let me just go ahead and, and and start right there and just and just read over so that some of you will understand what's really going on. But listen, John chapter three. There's my place. John chapter three. Some of y'all need to go and read this. John chapter three, sixteen through twenty one. Listen. Listen, John 3, 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. I mean, they should not die when they believe in Jesus Christ, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now here's 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Those who do not believe in God, they're already condemned. Those who are not serving God, they're already condemned. Those who are not living by his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, the word of God, the book of prophecy, they're already condemned. That's why he said in 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God wants all of us saved. He would love for all of us to, to, to be at the tree of life. But he also knows that somebody got to go to hell. That's why he kicked out Satan. So can, we, can, so can we say that Satan is on this world going to and fro, seeking whom he may devour because he knows he also knows his destination. He already knows his destiny. He already knows that God already told him from the beginning. Hell and hell is going to enlarge yourself daily. Why? Because in Revelation it tells us that Satan knows that his time is short. He knows that his, he knows that his time is short. So he's got to continue to go. He's got listen. He Satan works nonstop. Satan don't sleep. Satan doesn't sleep. Satan works overtime. And he's adding more people to his pit every day. And to some, it's not making any sense. But others, it's making a lot of sense. Because we have, we are in the word of God. We know the word of God. We read the word of God. We sleep with the word of God. We preach the word of God. We teach the word of God. And that's why I said earlier that we were, we were all called, we were all chosen 
but someone wasn't going to accept the call. And they were going to reject being chosen. So what happens is what? So now we were here at 19, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light. What does that mean? There are some people in this world who'd rather serve Satan, and there's other people in this world who rather serve Jesus. It's a choice. You can't love two masters. You're either going to love one or hate the other. You can't love Satan and God too. You can't. You got to make a choice. Jesus said, be hot or be cold because if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. So what happens is you have light and you have dark. So 20 says, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. So what does that mean? That means a fundamental characteristic of the wicked is that they love darkness. Well, what do you mean, Sister Holloway, they love darkness? Let me give you some examples. Let me help you out right here. Here's some of the examples. They find their pleasure in sin and in morality. On the other hand, truly born again persons love righteousness and hate wickedness and are grieved when they see the unrighteous deeds of depraved people. They take no pleasure in the sensual entertainment or the expression of sinful conduct shown so openly in contemporary society. What does that mean? That there are people in this world that are living in sin because they choose to. They choose to be wicked. They choose to have hatred in their heart. They choose to have malice. They choose to have jealousy. They choose to have envy. They choose to be contentious. They, they choose to have strife. They choose to have wrath. They choose to be double-minded. They choose to be unstable. It's a choice. If I choose to be broke, I'm not going to go out here and work for no money. If I choose to live in a to live in an apartment, I'm never going to work for a house. If I choose to catch the bus, I'm not going to go out here and buy me a car. But if I choose to have a car when I'm taking the bus, I'm going to put action to me getting what I need to take me to where I need to go. If I choose to buy a house and no longer want to live in an apartment, then I have to put action to what I need. So that's just um, a, a, a so small. So if I choose to smoke cigarettes, so do I choose to smoke? Please get your feet off of that. <clears throat> if I 
if I choose to kill people, then I must accept the consequences of my sins of going to jail. Because the Ten Commandments tells us that thou shalt not kill. Just want to throw that out there. It's another example of choices. So you can either choose to say, Lord, please give me peace in the midst of adversity. Lord, please give me peace in things that I just don't understand. Lord, give me peace in the midst of confusion and chaos so that when you're praying that prayer, hey, Evangelist Bates, when you're praying that prayer, that's because you're choosing not to have a wicked heart. You're choosing not to have a wicked mind. You're choosing not to have wicked thoughts. The scripture never told us these thoughts would not come. It says when, when we take on these thoughts to cast them down, the only reason why some of those thoughts stay in our mind because we're not casting them out. We're not casting them out and we're not casting them down. We're not casting them away. So therefore, in 21, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. What does that mean? In order for change to take place, they got to they gotta manifest. They got to come to pass. But how are they going to manifest if we're not manifesting them? I didn't know who was in the house. Sorry. If y'all heard a scream, that was no one but my my daughter. So back to Job. <laughs> so with all that being said, back to Job when it talks about the hedge and why his children are protected. Why, well, well, let me rephrase that. Why, why his sons and daughters are protected. There is a difference. And I had to learn this. There is a difference. All of us are his children, but only some of us is his sons and his daughters. That's the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us God. So Job 1.17 says, while he was yet speaking. So the first man came in and said, your, 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 um, um, the first man came in and said, your oxen is gone. Your donkeys is gone. That was the first man. The second man came in and said, um, uh, your, your service was taken. Uh, the sheep was taken. And then the third person came in and said, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yeah, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Fourth man, while he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell you. 
Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. Do y'all understand what just happened? The first thing, Job lost his oxen, the donkeys, gone. The second man came and said, sheep is gone, more servants gone. The third man said, the bands were gone, the camels were gone. Fourth man said, your sons are gone, your daughters are gone. And at that moment, listen, when I just realized that it said while the man was yet speaking, and before he could even finish speaking, another man came. Before that man could finish speaking, another man came. Before another, when while that man was speaking, another another man came. Here's what I want you to understand. Y'all, y'all have all heard say it. When it rains, it pours. What else is? What else? What else could go wrong? Isn't that what said? What else can go wrong? I get over something. Here comes something else. Life life, life. But Job tore his mantle, fell down, shaved his head, and worshiped God. How many of us, literally, when things are happening, just stop and pray? Not blame, not cuss, not not complain, but just stop and start praying. Lord, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's taking place right now in my life, but Lord, give me strength. Lord, just give me patience. Lord, just cover me. Lord, just keep my mind. Lord, just hold on to me. Lord, how many? I don't do that all the time. So thank you, Holy Spirit. I, I do it for the minor things. And I had to learn how to do it for the major things. So for me, in learning this many, many years ago, if I trusted, if I trust God in the little, that I must trust him for the big. If I trust God for the minor, I must trust God for the major. Right? So if I must trust God for the underflow, then I must trust him for the overflow. If I trust him in the more than enough, then I must trust him in not having enough. I need y'all to catch this. So what, so, so what do we do? So what do we do? So here, Job's latter reactions to continue calamity included doubt, anger, and a sense of isolation from God. Yet even in this time of darkness and wavering faith, he did not turn against God, 
but openly expressed his, his protest and feelings to him. The book of Job shows how faithful believers should face the calamities of life. If we experience severe suffering and unexplainable affliction, we should pray for grace to endure what God allows to come upon us and ask him for revelation and understanding concerning its meaning. Job could have inquired, as should we, is Satan responsible for this affliction? God will deal with our chaotic feelings and complaints if they are directed toward him. Not in rebellion, not in disrespect, not in disarray, not in disunity, not in chaos and confusion, not in double-minded and unstableness, not in malice, not in hatred, not in witchcraft, not in disobedience. God will answer the way you treat him. Let me say that again. God will answer. God will answer the way you treat him. Can I back that up in scripture? Can I, can I back that up in scripture? Let's, let's, let's go to Haggai for a second. Let me, let me help y'all out. I'm sorry. Not Haggai. Habakkuk. Listen. Thank you. Habakkuk. Listen. H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K. -K -K -K. I, I want y'all to read Habakkuk one, uh, chapters on your own time. Uh, chapters one through three. Y'all read, read that, Habakkuk. Listen, the burden with Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. He asked the Lord a question. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear? Even cry out unto you of violence and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance for spoiling and violence are before me? And there are that raise up strife and contention. Now, let me stop right there after reading verses one, two, and three. Isn't that how we go to God? God, I know you see what they're doing to me. I know you see how they're treating me. I know you see what's going on. So why are you continually to allowing me to cry unto you and I feel like you're not hearing nothing that I'm saying? So in that moment when we're going to God and we're explaining to him why we're coming to him the way that we are, because there is a difference. There is a difference. Verse four says, therefore the law is slack and judgment doeth never go forth. For the wicked doeth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Now listen, Habakkuk prophesied to Judah between the defeat of the Assyrians at Nineveh and the invasion of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. 
So the book is unique in that it is not a prophecy addressed directly to Israel, but rather a dialogue between the prophet and God. I need you all to catch that. There's nothing wrong with you having a dialogue with God. There's nothing wrong with you having a dialogue with God. There's nothing wrong with you having a dialogue with God. You can have a conversation with God, but if you're going at him and you're cussing at him and you're mistreating him and you're dogging him out and you're blaming him and you're complaining, he ain't hearing you right. He ain't hearing that. He, he hears two ways. He hears the righteous and he hears the sinner's heart. He hears the righteous and he hears the sinner's heart. I, I need y'all to catch that. You don't have to believe me. It's in words. That I'm going to let you search for yourself. Listen. So why doesn't, so, so, so let me go back. So the book is unique in that it is not a prophecy addressed directly to Israel, but rather a dialogue between the prophet and God, because Habakkuk asked God his question. Habakkuk asked God his concern. Habakkuk asked God what was the point in everything that he was doing and nothing was changing. Nothing was happening. Nothing was taking place. He was crying out to God. I'm doing what you called me to do. I'm trying to live the way that you've called me to live. I'm trying to be who you called me to be. But God, do you not see I'm trying and all this violence is happening around me? So Habakkuk asked the question, why doesn't God do something about the evil so dominant in Judah? And God responded by stating that he was sending the Babylonians to punish Judah. See, what y'all don't understand is we all think that God is such a loving God and that he, 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 he doesn't hurt us, but he, but he doesn't literally hurt us. We hurt ourselves because of God. God is trying to get us to understand his purpose, his plan, but we're, we're so rebellious and we're so disobedient and we're so closed-minded, we can't even see past our own brain. We can't even see past our own faults. We can't even see past our own mistakes because we're focused on everybody else. That's the truth. We're looking at Tom. We're looking at Susie. We're looking at Jojo. We're looking at Marianne. We look, we're looking at Gilligan. We're looking at the professor. We're looking at all of these people and what they have going on. And we're not even looking at what we have going on. So we're asking God questions about them and God is trying to give you answers to where you are. Lord, help me. Listen, the answer, listen, let me go, let me go to five. So Habakkuk 1 and 5 says, behold, you among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will work a work in your days, which you will not believe, though it be told you. God was saying, even if I tell you, you're still not going to believe it. And if I tell you, you're still not going to believe it. it. It won't even make sense. You won't even understand. He said, this answer only confused the prophet more. And he wanted to know, why does God punish his people with a nation more wicked than they? In the end, Habakkuk learned to trust God and to live by faith in God's way. 
regardless of their circumstances. So even Habeka had been praying to God to stop the wrong he said that he saw among the covenant people, yet God seemed to be doing nothing but tolerating violence, tolerating injustice, and tolerating the destruction of the righteous. His question dealt with the age-old theme, why does God wait so long to punish evil? And why are our prayers genuinely not answered quickly? However, that these complaints came out of a heart of faith in a righteous God. You have to listen. And that's what I just said. God hears the prayers of the righteous. God hears the prayers of a sinner's heart. Because even when we seek God first, how are you going to him? You can go to God and ask questions. You can go to God and seek for wisdom. You can go. He said, if anybody lack understanding, ask. Just ask. But see, some of us don't want to ask because we really don't want to know. Because once we be coming into the knowledge of the truth, we got to walk therein. We're held now accountable for what we hear, for what we see, for what, what takes place. Just saying. So when he tells us that he would do a work in us, God answered Habakkuk that he was going to do something on such a grand scale that you will not believe it the way it be told to you. The magnitude of the coming judgment from the Babylonians would be astonishing to the prophet and unbelievable. Whereas this remarkable statement in Habakkuk has a negative outcome. Paul applies it positively to Jesus' life and ministry as a fulfillment on a grand scale of what was foretold by the OT prophets, the Old Testament prophets, about the Messiah. God, in his sovereignty, continues to act at certain times and places in history in either judgment or salvation on such a grand scale that the contemporary generation finds it hard to believe when it is prophesied to them. Lord have mercy. That's right, evangelist base. That's how am I going? How are you going to listen? How are you going to God? How are you going to him? Are you going to him? with malice in your heart are you going to him with hatred in your heart are you going to him with with um with with contention in your heart are you going to him with anger in your heart and here's the thing you can in the beginning it has start out that way but when you allow the holy spirit to take over your prayer of hurt will turn into a prayer of help your prayers of misunderstanding will turn into a prayer of understanding. Your prayer of out of order will turn into a prayer of bringing it into order. But if you get through praying and you still feel the same way, that's only because you've not allowed your heart to be open to God. That's only because you've not allowed your mind to open to God. That's only because you've not allowed your spirit to open to God. Righteousness. When you don't make it about others and you make it about you, what is it that you need? What is it that you need? Oh, I'm over my time and I didn't even realize it. Help me, Jesus. Okay, I'm done right here. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen, listen, I'm sorry. Let me let me end right here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me end right here. Listen, tomorrow we'll be on chapter two. But I, I wanted you, you, you all to, to understand that. So let me read this last part and then we're gonna we're gonna pray out. Um, because I wanted to stay right in an hour and I see that I'm I'm 11 minutes over my time and I do apologize. It, um that was not my intentions. Man, I, but when it's good, it's good, right? <laughs> when it's good, it's good. And I've been and see that's the thing. I try not to put no time limit. And when I do that, it always go over. So let me just say I try my best and I apologize. I told you an hour and I and if not, please forgive me. Me, my, my flesh, me. I will try my best to give you one hour. But if the Lord moves, I just move in the spirit of God. But let me read this last part. Joe reacted to the disasters that happened to him with intense grief, but also with a humility that submitted to God and continued to worship him in the midst of extreme adversity. Job's latter reactions to continued calamity included doubt, anger, and a sense of isolation from God. Yet even in his time of darkness and wavering faith, he did not turn against God, but openly expressed his protests and feelings to him. The book of Job shows how faithful believers should face the calamities of life. If we experience severe suffering and unexplainable affliction, we should pray for grace to endure what God allows to come upon us and ask him, revelation and understanding concerning its meaning. Job could have inquired as should we, is Satan responsible for this affliction? God will deal with our chaotic feelings and complaints if they are directed toward him, not in rebellion, but in sincere trust in him as a loving God. The book reveals that God accepted Job's questionings and in the end praised him for speaking the thing that is right concerning him. So we have to understand again, our adversities is not to break us. Our adversities is not to destroy us. Our adversities is not to take us out, but it's for us to trust God and have faith in God and believe that we, we do have a right to say, okay, God, is this Satan or is this you? What am I supposed to be learning from this? What am I supposed to be seeing from this? Because I don't want to allow my confidence to change my, I don't want to allow my confidence to change my confidence. I want to remain steadfast and unmovable. I want to remain faithful to your word. I want to remain in a place. I don't want to, I, if I got to go down and sackcloth and ashes, then let me still look as though I'm still blessed. Let me look as though I'm still going on. Let me look as though things are still well. Because at the end of the day, we're not supposed to look like what we've been through. We're not supposed to look like what we're going through. We're not supposed to do that. It's only in a season. In the, in, the, the, in the biblical times, they mourned in a season. It was a certain time of them to be in mourning. They would go down in sackcloth and ashes. They would go down in black. They would cover their faces. They were well for a certain long period of time. So actually, in reality, you have to ask yourself, how long do I want to go through mourning when adversity hits? When you lose your children, when you lose a family member, when you lose your parents, when you lose your income, everything isn't Satan. Some things is God, but everything is God. Everything is God, including Satan's, his, Satan's chaotic ways. Everything. That's why he told Satan. 
he told Satan. Trying to find the one where he used power right here. And 1 and 12, Job 1 and 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth your hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Satan had permission. Satan didn't ask permission to take from Job. God considered Job to Satan. And Satan only stated he's got a hedge around him. And as long as you have that hedge around him, I can't touch him. Remove it and I guarantee you he'll curse you and he'll curse you to your face. Don't allow your continence to change your confidence, not just in who you are, but in whom you belong to. And that is God. Amen. Amen. So I thank you all for tuning in this far. And tomorrow, if it's the Lord's will, I'll be here again. Oh, no, I will not. My son has surgery um, in the morning. It's going to take at least four hours. So I probably will not be on at 12 noon. I can't give you a time because I'm not sure. Amen. But I'm not going to skip a day. So sometime tomorrow, I will be coming on um, to, 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 to finish the series. Once I get my son, uh, my grandson situated and get him together and get him, get him, you know, home and settled after surgery, then I'll have some time to come on here and um, we'll work. We're going to walk through Job chapter two. I told some of you on yesterday, you got your Bibles. Go ahead and read up on it. Go ahead, read, write your notes, you know, whatever. You have questions, um, you know, you may have questions. You're welcome. Um, Evangelist Bates, thank you for tuning in. May the Lord bless you. Amen. And so um, continue to pray for me as I continue to pray for you. Know that I love you and God loves you more. Again, thank you for tuning in to Can We Talk About It? Uh, can We Talk About It Live? Again, don't allow your confidence to change your confidence. God bless you. Bye-bye.